Hello, and welcome to The Softer Side. I'm your transitions coach, Shelley Carney. Let's design your life. Shelley Carney and Toby Eunice bring you The Softer Side, life transitions and relationship coaching. Join the live chat on YouTube every Wednesday and Friday at thesofterside.live. Today, we're talking about uh, how the past does not define your future. Let's not give the past any kind of power over us. Power so energy. Let's talk first about some housekeeping. Uh, my name is Shelly Carney. I am a certified wellness and life coach. I'm specializing in life design. This is Toby Yunus. He is my producer and business partner and my mentor and coach as well. And I put her in charge of d- designing my life. That's right. Which is why it's going so well. <laughs> Yeah, it is. I have no complaints. That's right. For those of you listening on the podcast, you can find our YouTube channel at thesofterside.live. And we do go live every Wednesday and Friday now at four o'clock in the afternoon, afternoon mountain time. So I hope that you'll join us live in our chat room audience. You can find our member vault full of great information about communication, relationships, and more at esofterside.com. And once you're in there, there's all kinds of great information you can sort through, as well as a life coaching course called Be Your Own Life Coach. And that's at the member vault at esofterside.com. And we also have a Facebook group. If you go to Facebook groups and look up The Softer Side, you'll find us there. Sorry, did I have my elbow in your way? And yes, okay. there we go. All right. Another thing you'll find at esofterside.com is a free discovery coaching session where you and I can talk about how to design your future. Um, please go ahead and go there and schedule that now, and we can talk about your specific needs on that call. So the interesting thing about uh, the past defining your futures is generally speaking, if you allow the past, your past, uh, to define your future, uh, you end up being victimized by it. Um, you feel like where you are in life is the result of things that have happened to you as opposed to things that you've accomplished, the things that you've done. And uh, there's no worse feeling. I'm, I'm sure there are a lot of worse feelings, but there's no worse feeling than uh, believing that you are in a place that you don't have control of. And uh, the reality is, of course, we always have control over our lives uh, if you allow that thinking to take place. But as long as you believe that you are presently the result of things that have uh, that uh, have taken place in your past, and that because they are in the past, you no longer have control of them, or uh, you were just uh, an innocent bystander that got caught up caught up in whatever that particular moment was. Um, uh, it's it's hard to overcome that. You you end up st- staying in that victim and victimization mentality. And oops. Wow, I like my voice. <laughs> well, that's very good. smooth. Oops, turned off. There we go. Smooth one hundred five point nine. Right. There we go. So uh, anyway, uh, I think what Shelley's going to talk about because she and I have had these conversations uh, because there are times uh, that I allow my past uh, to dictate my present, and what I need to do, of course, is prevent it from not only dictating my present but influence, influencing my future, and uh, 
and with Shelley's help, I've overcome a lot of that. Uh, it there could have been a lot of situations in my life that had done that, but uh, the most recent one was the passing of my mother, which was my opportunity to be a victim. You know, <laughs> didn't last long. Yeah. Okay. Uh, hold on. Let me give you the. Okay, you've got it. All right. So let's talk about what is your past. Your past is something that happened. It's your story. It's over with. It only exists in your thoughts, which means it can no longer hurt you or affect you unless you think about it right now. If you had amnesia and somebody talked to you about your past, you'd have no feelings about it because you wouldn't remember. You wouldn't have any thoughts. So just remember that going forward that your past doesn't have to affect you if you don't want it to. The story of your life is not your life. It's your story. That's just all it is. There is no old pain. Thoughts occur right now in the present. Feelings are caused by those thoughts. Feelings are experienced the moment the thought occurs. So any pain you're currently feeling is being created by you now. So if I were to think back to a time that um, I was hurt by somebody and say, well, that was wrong, that shouldn't have happened, I feel pain over that. I'm causing that to myself right now. I could just let it go, not think about it anymore, and not feel anything about it. That's my choice. All I have to do is change how I think. When we change our thoughts about the past, we change how we feel. Our past is our story to tell how we choose to tell it. So rather than being the victim of a story, why not be the hero? Why not instead of saying, you know, I loaned money to a friend and he never paid me back and he was horrible and he conned me out of that money and I'm a victim. That's not going to make me feel very good. Instead, I could say, you know what, somebody came to me and said they wanted to start a business and they couldn't get a loan and I helped them out by giving them some money and I'm a very generous and loving friend. I'm the hero of that story. I'm the hero in that story for me and for him and for anybody else who hears that story the way I just told it. I'm the hero. So why not change all of our stories that make us feel bad and make ourselves the hero, make ourselves feel good? What's stopping us from doing that? Choose what you will take into the future with you. That means I don't have to drag all that garbage with me from the past. I'm going to let that garbage go, and I'm only going to take the good stuff with me. I don't need the garbage. So what do you choose to believe? What has your past done for you? My past has made me the person I am today, and I love who I am today. I've gone some through, through some difficult times. I've, uh, I've stuck with things. For instance, my marriage, of course, most of you know, I've been married 35 years. I've stuck with it. It hasn't always been easy. Uh, it hasn't been easy for either one of us, but we both committed to it. We both stick with it and we do not regret doing that. Our past has made us stronger. Our past has brought us together more closely bonded. Um, so what has your past done for you? What in your past has made you grow? What has challenged you? What has changed you in remarkable ways? What has gotten you ready for the challenges you're facing now? I love this poster. It says, regrets? I have no regrets. 
Even if I could, I would not change anything in my past. Rather, I look back with gratitude because if it weren't for my past, I would not be who I am today. So we can be grateful for our past and yet we can change our thoughts about it and make ourselves the hero of the past. Your past does not equal your future. Question your beliefs. A belief is just simply a thought that you keep on thinking. And we can change our thoughts, can't we? So what beliefs did you inherit from your parents? What was passed down to you? Maybe you have beliefs about money. Money doesn't grow on trees. You have to work hard to make money. Um, uh, Money is in short supply. The rich get richer, the poor get poorer. There's a lot of money beliefs that we may have inherited from our parents. There's a lot of beliefs about relationships we may have inherited. If our parents didn't get along and they fought or, uh, you know, we have a a father who's an alcoholic and a mother who's a workaholic or, or vice versa, we learned about relationships from watching them. So we learned that we be, that became our belief system. Those things are inherited and they don't have to be what we hold on to. We could leave that in the past. We could change our thoughts and our beliefs and start over fresh. That's our choice. So what beliefs seem true because of past patterns? Let's take a look at that. Um, I've never made more than $24,000 in a year. So I probably never will. That really could hold me back. Um, because it's a past pattern. Uh, For some people, I've been married three times and engaged a couple of times, and I've had lots of relationships, and they've all ended uh, in a burst of flames. Um, That's that's just how I am, and I'm not going to get in any more relationships because of that. So that's a past pattern that you may be using uh, to block you from ever being in another relationship. And this can happen in any area of our life where we look at a past pattern and we say, well, I can't change that. That's just who I am. We can change it. All we have to do is take a look at the thoughts that caused the feelings, that promoted those actions, that gave you those results, and change that up. And that's all within our control. So what past failures block your progress or cause fear now? Well, you know, I've been trying to build this business for a couple of years now, and I'm still struggling, and I still haven't gotten anywhere, and I'm just failing and failing, and I quit. Um, That's the opposite of taking massive action, isn't it? Because when you take massive action, you take action until, until you succeed, until you hit that goal. You continue to take action until you no longer fail. Failure is is. A matter of course, everybody fails. It's being human. That's what we do. Uh, It's the people who continue to try and try again, who get past that fear, get past that obstacle, who are the ones that succeed. And we want to be like them. Your past is not your potential. In any hour, you can choose to liberate the future. You can choose freedom. The past, and this is actually something I would like you to entertain as a thought and eventually accept. Uh, I found when I accepted this idea, it gave me a lot of freedom. And I hope that it it will uh, spark some freedom in you as well. The past 
is exactly as it should have been. And we cannot argue with the past. If we argue with the past, we will lose every time. But we can change what it means to us now. And what does that all mean? Well, you might say, uh, my, my mother abandoned me and, and that was wrong. She shouldn't have done that. And, and it damaged me for life and I'll never get over it. You can say that, or you can say, my mother left me when I was a child and that's exactly what was supposed to happen. And it did. And I know it was supposed to happen because it did happen. And I accept that. And I'm not going to argue about it and I'm not going to fight it. And it happened and that's okay. I'm still who I am today because of all those things that happened to me. And they were supposed to happen that way. Once we accept that idea, we can let it go. We can move on. We can stop fighting with it. We can stop saying shoulda, woulda, coulda. And explore what is and what will be. We can change what the past means to us. In that example of my mother left me when I was a child um, and now I will never get over it and I'm always got this giant fear of abandonment and, uh, and it ruined my life. We can change what that means, right? We can change the thoughts that we have about that event. My mother left me when I was a child. She had a lot of issues. She had some problems. I feel sorry for her. She missed out on a great person when she left. This didn't happen to me. <laughs> so I don't want you to think my mother left me. My mother's always been in my life and still is. Uh, this is just an example. But um, yeah, if, if you had something traumatic happen to you, like mother left you, father died, something happened in your childhood that you just can't get over, it's time for you to say to yourself, that's exactly as it was supposed to happen and it's made me the person I am today. And I'm okay with that. Love the life you have while you create the life of your dreams. Celebrate the moment, right? What if you have regrets? What if you are the victim in a story? Like I talked about earlier where I loaned somebody some money to start a business and they never paid it back and then they never talked to me again and it created a rift. And that whole issue could have could be, I'm a victim. He conned me out of my money and I hate him now and it's horrible and I'll never get over it. Or I could be the hero and I could say, you know what? I'm an excellent friend. I'm very generous. I helped somebody and I feel really good about myself because I am a helpful, generous person. I'm the hero in the story now. The circumstance or the fact doesn't change. Loan a person money. The thinking about that event and the feelings that go along with that do change. So I can think either, either direction. I can think negatively, I'm a victim, or positively, I'm a hero. And it will totally change how I feel right now. And that is important for continuing forward. So say we're a victim. Here is a, uh, a scenario, a circumstance. I quit my job to stay at home with my children. That's a circumstance. That's a fact. It happened. And there's no emotion attached to that. It's just the fact. The thought might be, I don't make any money, so I'm not as valuable in this relationship anymore. The thought promotes this feeling of low self-esteem. I'm not worthy. That feeling 
leads to an action that I feel sad about myself and sorry for myself and low self-esteem so I contribute less time and effort to the family. And the result would be I do add less value to the family unit at that point. Thus the thought, I don't make money so I'm not as valuable, turns into the result that I add less value. Let's change that around to make me the hero in the story. It's the same circumstance. I quit my job to stay at home with my children. Thought, I am doing the most valuable job possible for me at this moment in my life. Being a mom who stays at home with her kids is very important to me. It's important to my husband. It's important to us as a family. And I am contributing as the caretaker at home so that we know our children are properly cared for and we're happy with the way they're brought up. How does that make me feel? It makes me feel valued and proud of my contributions. The actions that would lead to is I contribute in a positive and loving way to build a happy family. You know, I'm happy to be at home with my children. It's my choice that I made and I'm very proud of being a stay-at-home mom. And, um, you know, my husband is proud of me as well. And the result that we get from that is adding greater value to the family. So the thought being I am doing a valuable job gives you the result of adding great value. Our past-focused thinking is there to keep us safe, right? Uh, So like when we were cave people and we'd go out in the woods and we'd see a tiger and we'd say, oh, I don't want to go there. The tiger lives there. So we wouldn't go back there. Our past behavior reminded us that's dangerous over there. I won't go there. Or maybe we eat some berries we've never had before and they make us sick. And we learn from our past behavior, don't eat those berries. We carried that forward um, to today. It's still a part of us. Our past tells us Ah, you know, maybe don't do that because it's not safe. Don't become friends with people who might leave you. Um, You know, you you might get abandoned and then you won't have that love. There's a lot of things that can, can tell us, be careful. Remember in the past, this thing happened. Don't want that to happen again. And it creates what is our comfort zone, right? We don't want to go outside of our comfort zone. We know we're safe in our comfort zone. So that tells our brain to make decisions based on what worked or didn't work in the past. That's past-focused thinking. When we change that to future focus, we're living instead of from the things that happened, the memories, we're living from our possibility of what could happen, what might be, what I can do. Uh, if I try, if I let myself go outside my comfort zone, when we allow ourselves to grow outside of our known parameters and imagine the results that we want to achieve, then we take those results and we create the thoughts, feelings, and actions that we want to get there. That's how we create a future that we really desire. We do it results first. So here's an example of that. Here's the result I want. Have fun, 
help people make money. Those are my results that I'm looking for. So what do I need? Let's look at the action that's needed to do that, to get that result. I will provide great value while doing what I enjoy. For instance, creating these videos and helping people in the audience to help them move from their past to their future, to help them learn to communicate better with their family members, to help them think thoughts that are more positive so they have better results. So providing great value while doing what I enjoy should result in having fun, helping people, and making money. So what feeling is going to spur me to that action? What's going to motivate me? What feeling? I think being feeling worthy, feeling confident, feeling, I know this, I got this, I can totally do this. That confidence will provide me with the motivation to go ahead and do the action of creating these videos, doing my best to help people and meeting them where they're at and bringing them forward with me, resulting in having fun, helping people and making money. So what thought is going to lead to those feelings that gives me that action and result? The thought, I know exactly how to make money by giving people the help and results that they want. Obviously. Doesn't it feel good to know what you should be thinking? And then you can, what, write it down. You can put it up on your vision board. You can say it to yourself 10 times every day. Um, and then make it not just something you think, but a belief system. Because a belief is just some thought that you keep on thinking. So incorporating those thoughts that you want to think will lead to the feelings that you want to have, the actions you want to take, which give you the results that you desire. So here's my recommendations. Be the hero in your story. When you look at the past and you tell a story about it, be the hero. How did that story make you the wonderful person that you are today, the strong person, the smart person, the person who learned a valuable lesson? And be that hero right? Nobody wants to watch a movie about a victim. Did you ever notice that? Did you ever turn on a movie and say, you know, this protagonist never makes any choices, just sits there and whines and cries and carries on and and is a victim? That's not interesting. You know, you won't ever say that because they don't make movies like that. They just don't because nobody would watch them. We want to see movies about heroes who make choices and, and go out and make mistakes and then they recover from those mistakes and they, and they try until they triumph. So be the hero in your story. Your past tells your story of your triumph. Change your thoughts and feelings about any past regrets. Write it down. Just like I showed you. Um, you know, write down whatever it was that happened And then what you felt about it, what you thought about it, felt about it, the action you took and the result you got, and then change it. Say, what if I would think this about it instead? And when you do that, then see how you feel. Create your life from a future focus, starting with your desired results first, and then working your way backwards to what I need to think in order to get these results. I hope that you'll reach out by joining the Softer Side member vault at esofterside.com. Join our Facebook group, Facebook groups, The Softer Side. 
Look for our podcast on Anchor FM, Spotify, Google Play, and Apple. And the podcast is really just the audio from these videos. So if you've already watched it, but you'd like to hear it on your walk or share it with somebody, look for that podcast and subscribe. And if you would like to get in touch with me, you can find me at thesofterside.info at gmail.com. And remember, when you join eSofterSide.com Member Vault, you can schedule a free discovery coaching session with me, and we can talk about your past and your future in designing your life. All right, well, Toby and I have a little discussion on this topic. I hope that those of you in the live chat room will think about this question. What results do you want to see in your future? All right. So what do you think about today's talk? Um, I feel like I'm at this age finally getting past a lot of that, mm-hmm. past my past, mm-hmm. um, primarily because of the experiences, but uh, there's been, you know, a lot of discussion about it. Um, I learned about my pain body. Yeah, in, yeah. In a Eckhart Tolle. Eckhart Tolle pain body. And I'm very careful with it. You know, I, I can tell when it comes out mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. what I need to do to handle it. And uh, and what was interesting to me as I studied, uh, as I did the research in that area, was that everybody carries one. And, yes. Uh, and that um, someone, someone, some external event can trigger that. Mm-hmm. And they don't know it. The pain body takes over and starts doing these weird, strange behaviors that you may not, the other person, may not recognize. Um, and I think that uh, can generate some fear and, uh, and some uh, misunderstanding, you know. Uh, but as long as you know what's causing it, then you can look at it. Now, the, the problem is that uh, if, you, if you enable the pain body, if you feed that fire and never do anything to change the situation, then it just gets worse. And eventually people think of you as the personality that is inherent in your pain body. <clears throat> and um, I think we all have that. Mine comes out every once in a while. I get I get triggered, mm-hmm. and it comes out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but not certainly not as often as when I was younger, mm-hmm. um, where I thought of myself as more reactive. Um, but one of I've had a lot of good lessons in life, and one of the good lessons in life that I was uh, that I learned from one of my daughters, my oldest daughter, uh, is that I used to uh, I carried the pain of my father's death. Uh, all the way through my younger life. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then even worse, I, I not just let it go, I ignored it. I didn't reconcile it. And so there was a little father trigger every once in a while that would sure. pop up. And I have to let everybody know that part of the problem was you didn't get closure. Right. Nobody walked you through grief counseling and how to handle this as a child mm-hmm. because you were, what, 11? 11. So... Um, definitely, definitely, if a child loses a parent, they need grief counseling. They need to be walked through the whole closure process. Otherwise, they're going to end up with the same things that you had. Uh, And uh, it, on the other hand, it affected my brothers and sisters very dramatically. I was fortunate in the sense that I feel like I got away from it. They didn't. Uh, They all stayed in Santa Fe, and it got progressively worse. And it, it used to... Uh, it used to make me angry that they couldn't take control of their lives. And one time I was talking to m- my daughter, my oldest daughter, Sean, about my sister. 
and her troubles. And Sean reminded me, uh, Dad, she lost her father too, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And I had never put that context either on my behaviors or her behaviors. And um, and so I started, it was kind of that moment that I started working out whatever uh, issues I had as a result of that. And uh, although a lot of them were gone, uh, they were gone primarily because I pushed them out. You know, I didn't think about it. I still didn't get that closure. Um, and and uh, I felt like I needed to. And so uh, one of the times that... Uh, uh, that I was searching for Fenn's treasure up north. I went through Taos, and I went to his uh, to the graveyard in which he's buried and uh, found his tombstone uh, because there's nobody alive that could help me with that and um, kind of had that uh, closing discussion. Mm-hmm. You know? But that was 2013 or 14. I mean, it had been, a, he died in 1961. Mm-hmm. And so it took me that long to sit down and have that conversation. Now, you know how I feel about life after death, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like all good uh, psychiatric recommendations, I was really talking to myself. Right. Uh, but it 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 was what I needed in mm-hmm. order to get that closure that I hadn't had as a child and as up until that point as a child and as an adult. And, uh, and so I don't carry the weight of that anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't carry the weight. Uh, I carried... Not only the weight of the impact it had on me, but I carried the weight of the impact it had on my brothers and sisters, and I absorbed some of that guilt associated with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but that that was a good lesson in uh, self. I, I, I couldn't think of another word to describe it, so I made up one, a phrase called self reconciliation, where you work it. You got to just kind of work it out yourself and allow yourself the luxury of working it out, so you don't carry it with you anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was that was a big part of my pain body. My relationship with my mother was a big part of my pain body, and it didn't. It, it I was going to say it didn't take much to trigger it. It could be triggered, and I would turn into her, you know. And um, so once you start realizing it, not allowing it to take control of you, and not not letting it keep that grip on you, uh, the easier life gets. And I I just feel like. You know, after 70 years, it just doesn't get much better in terms of my past. I'm, I've, I have self-reconciled my past. I carried the weight. What, what, I, I remember you said something about, and, and I'm probably going to uh, not state it correctly, but it was something like tragedy, tragedy plus time equals, equals comedy. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so I feel like that's where I am in life. Like, mm-hmm. whatever tragedy it was, the experiences in Vietnam, my father dying, the experiences in Vietnam, the the divorces, the, the annulled marriage, et cetera, et cetera. Um, uh, now I can look back at them, and, and if you ask me about them, they actually turn into really funny stories now. Like, well, yeah, well, that happened, and mm-hmm. the guy stabbed, you know. Yeah. It, 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 so, but you, because you... Became the hero of the story, right? Yeah, rather I didn't than being the victim. Yeah, I've never. I I, I don't feel. I'm, I'm sure I was, but I. It's been long enough now that I don't feel. Uh, I don't. I'm very good. I have a lot of practice at not allowing myself to be a victim. Right. It it happens to all of us every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure. But uh, but I don't. I certainly don't do it enough to allow it to rule my life. Mm-hmm. I'm always trying to look forward, looking forward, and um, a- active, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So. Um, 
that self that self reconciliation process mm -hmm. where you you know look at it and have the conversation with yourself that you need uh, in order to get get it out of your system. I'd like to address that because I think what you did was important um, in that you took an action, you created that moment of closure that you needed. Some of us, we let things stew around in our minds. Um, you know, I know I need to take care of that, or I know I've thought about it, or I've changed my thought on it, you know, but you haven't because you didn't take some kind of an action around it. Maybe you need to write it down and then write down the new thought and then take the new thought and write it and put it up on a post-it note, or you need to take an action of um, saying goodbye by going to the graveyard to do that, or you need to make a phone call to an, a parent who's still alive and having a conversation about an event uh, that you still carry with you. Um, if you need to make that act of closure in order to move forward, do it. Do it so you can move on. Take care of it so you have that in the past and it's no longer with you slowing you down you just made me think of something that uh i i wasn't present at the death of either one of my parents i hadn't thought about right. it until you said that's true yeah. that's true although you were at <coughs> mom's funeral but they right. wouldn't allow you to go to your father's yeah. funeral um and we also talked about how a lot of that came up for you in Vietnam when you saw people dying all around you and understood then that your father died because of an accident. It wasn't any, he didn't have any control, control over it. Yeah. Just like those men who died next to you mm -hmm. in Vietnam didn't have any control over being shot and killed. Um, they just died in front of you and you could see, visually see, oh, my dad didn't have any choice either. Just like these guys didn't have any choice. So you could begin to reconcile that whole for forgiving him and then forgiving yourself for being mad at him over something he had no control mm. over. And I, had I known, I, I might have gone to visit. So it, it wasn't, you know, I hadn't spent enough time in New Mexico to say to myself, well, let me make a trip up to Taos to see where he's buried. Uh, but it was kind of looking for Finn's treasure that caused me to spend so much time up north mm -hmm. and get so comfortable with, I mean, I used to spend my summers in Taos. Right. Uh, and I hadn't visited in a long time to the extent that all my relatives up there are gone. Uh, but it was, it was an interesting kind of event for me. Um, and, uh, and um, like I said, an act of self-reconciliation, mm -hmm. just Take care of it so you can move That's on. That's right. That's right. Very good. All right. Let's take a look at the chat room and see what's going on in there. So um, it's pretty quiet. They were talking about the weather in New Orleans because they're expecting a expecting a storm. Deborah's uh, living there, of course. Mm -hmm. um, Sam, Sam. So who's in the room? We have. Uh, we've got uh, Deborah, uh -huh. uh, Jensen, Hi, Joe S. Joe. Um, Davio's in the room. Davio. Sam Leno. Well, I think he had to leave. He said uh, love to all. And Sam. Sam Leno from the UK. Uh huh. And uh, let's see, I guess that's all that's talking. So Joe asked, what's the name of the pain body? And he answered Eckhart, Eckhart Tolle. Mm -hmm. um, I was introduced to this concept uh, when I was dating a woman back in the mid-2000s. And uh, for lack of a better way, the, the, the woman gave you the impression that she was angelic, right? She kind of looked like, you know, Blonde hair and blue eyes and a big smile oh, like that. Oh, it wasn't me. <laughs> Everybody's <laughs> and, uh, going, oh, it was Shelly. <laughs> <laughs> and um, 
about six or eight months into the relationship, one night I triggered something. Uh, I, I said something that triggered her pain body, and it it was the transition was instant, and it was like going from uh, angel to devil. And all of a sudden, I was dealing with a woman who not only I hadn't had dealt with in this particular uh, person before that. Uh, but I hadn't dealt anything like it in my life. And um, and over the next three or four months, it got progressively worse. Every time I would, I, I didn't even know, I got to the point where I didn't know what would trigger it. And so we finally decided to go to counseling. And that's where I found, found out that we carry with us all the pain of our past. And one of the pains of her past was that she had been married and divorced three times. And in each case, the man had left her for another woman. And this was a very attractive, very smart, uh, very... Uh, um, successful woman and so her pain 